Hey, hey, welcome to the Social Innovation Lab, a podcast dedicated to making sure you're in the know with everything happening on social media. Social Innovation Lab. I'm your host, Claudia Cameron, and today we have the opportunity to talk to Thomas de Treviv. He's the Digital Social Media Project Manager at Nespresso HQ. He's currently leading the charge when it comes to social media strategy, governance, and reporting. He's been working on social and digital media for Nespresso for the last six years. He has seen the ecosystem evolve drastically, embracing the evolution and innovation coming from brands on social media. He's here to talk to us today about building a social ecosystem with a consumer-centric approach. He's joining us from Vevet in Switzerland. Welcome, Thomas. Hi, Claudia. Thank you very much for inviting me today. Lovely to have you here today. I know Nespresso is managing 40 plus Instagram accounts with over 2.5 million followers. You've got global, you've got local accounts. How do you drive an effective ecosystem with all of this going on? As you said, Managing at the same time local and a global account is, uh, is challenging for the brand like Nespresso. But in the back office, we have, of course, a social media management tool in order to monitor this full ecosystem. So basically, all our publications, reporting, insight are coming from this social media tool. So we are able to closely monitor the local accounts, the local teams, local agencies within this tool. So at HQ, we are producing the content from our uh, global campaign. We can upload this content directly within this tool. And then the publication goes directly. You select your account and then you can publish at a local level or the global level. And the community management as well is embedded within the tool. And at the end, it allows us to have an overview of our mm -hmm. reporting for all accounts. Amazing. And when you are doing like the reporting and insights, are you really able to look at all 40 overall or how do you really look at those in total? Yeah, so we have live dashboards so we can monitor the, the top performance, um, top engaging content, uh, top performers on all our channels. But what we do, we divide our reporting per platforms, basically. And then for the main channel like Instagram, we have also per zone. Amazing. So... When you're deciding on a global versus local strategy, uh, what would be your like key consideration? First of all, I think it depends on your industry, obviously, and your business model. I would recommend to definitely always have the consumer-centric approach in mind in order to win the battle of attention online and especially on social media. I'm thinking about the reach here, but also the, the engagement that um, you should have with your users on social media. So it's also very linked to your structure and resources within your company. Do you have local teams? Is it uh, only centrally managed at a global level? What are your objectives and KPIs? And finally, I think it will also depend on your social ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be present on all social channels or focus only on specific ones? And then you decide if you go for a global approach only or a mix of global, I would say, a mix of global and local at the same time on, on different channels. Yeah, I think that's an interesting observation about global is like, how do you ensure that you're globally relevant with a local focus? I think that's really interesting. Do you have any more insight into that? Yes. And actually, we are working on, on this big piece, strategic piece with our uh, partners. So I mean, the, the platforms, especially the meta group, Facebook and Instagram. So um, every quarter we review with them our strategy, reporting and so on. And also 
they have a strong ecosystem, they have a strong uh, business manager in, in place. So that's why, especially with the Meta Group, we allow ourselves to have like different pages to be present at the local level and the global level mm -hmm. at the same time. Because from the business manager, we can control everything. While actually it's not the case for other channels and uh, especially the, I would call them the new ones, uh, even if they are not so new anymore, mm -hmm. but still it, it takes time for them to build this very uh, complex environment for brands to manage both local and global channels at the same time. And I know we, we were discussing earlier, you had a very interesting way in which you use YouTube and Pinterest. Maybe elaborate a bit more on that one? Yes, they are still part of our social media ecosystem, but we see them as search engines, basically. Because when you land on Pinterest and YouTube, it's working like a search engine. So you type keywords and you are looking for something, for content. And I'm talking organically here. Obviously, we have a strong presence in paid as well to target specific audiences but organically we, we leverage YouTube and Pinterest as search engine and therefore our SEO strategy is crucial and for us and we decided to keep a global channel only not to compete with and among local channels at Nespresso. So for YouTube, Pinterest, it's, it's global only. And then we manage to translate, especially on YouTube. There, Google is very powerful and you can upload a single video while translating the titles and description at a local level. Meaning that if you sit in Spain, you will see the same video with the, the aggregated number of views and so on. But the title will be in Spanish and the description as well. So for us in SEO, that's perfect because we have one single asset. We can gather all the reporting and the metric to this video, but then the subtitles and the, the metadata translated locally, basically. Oh, that's really, really interesting. That's really great how you can really use the platform in a really local way and a relevant way as well. Now, what do you do with Twitter and LinkedIn? These two are, are a bit special. First, they are linked to news and corporate information mainly. So obviously, we have two global accounts. I mean, one Twitter global mm -hmm. account, a LinkedIn global account for all the, the main information from the brand and so on. But also, we allowed specific and then we discuss with the market on this because it's not like Facebook and Instagram where we have 40 accounts. We only have for Twitter eight local accounts because they have specific needs. You know, they have specific events, activations where Twitter and LinkedIn are crucial for them. So it's it's an hybrid strategy uh, with with Twitter and LinkedIn, I would say, but it's working pretty well as long as you are close to your markets. And also in terms of content, we know it's less sensitive than mm -hmm. Instagram, where you are very careful with your brand ID, the, the visual inspirational content, while for Twitter and LinkedIn, it's, uh, I would say, more straightforward. Awesome. And uh, lastly, I think TikTok is quite interesting. What are you doing there? That's a good point. TikTok is definitely rising. The top one uh, app downloaded in 2021. We had to be present. We um, we pushed a lot because it's really not easy with mm -hmm. TikTok. You know, it's a new platform. The content is really authentic as well. And it's, um, I mean, content creators, influencers are really present as well. And it's more difficult yeah. to control your brand image with third parties, uh, content creators. So we pushed and we we managed to, to be the first Nestle brands to do an hashtag challenge. So it was a test, a pilot test in the UK. And actually it was really successful. So now we, we want mm -hmm. to expand and to develop even more this, this platform. But on the other end, we want to keep it global. We want to keep a single account because, as I said, the brand ID and the control of the image is key. And with TikTok, being authentic 
could also mean being, um, I mean, not controlling the brand image, I would say, at the, at the local level. Exactly. I think that's a really interesting way in which you want to use TikTok in like a global, but based on the algorithm, it will also be local as well. Now, what kind of key takeaways would you say that the audience can have in relation to working with a global, local kind of strategy? Coming back to your first question, I think the, the usage of a strong social media tool is key to facilitate your job, I mean, your daily job, but also to anticipate on your potential business growth. Because as soon as you can centralize all your data, all your channel, mm -hmm. the community management and so on, then you have the, um, the overview. You have this holistic reporting as well. And it will definitely save you some time and give you some space to, to think about testing new projects, entering new channels, because we also need to keep some, some space to, to testing and learning. I would recommend to save some money um, in order to learn on social. At least on our side, it allows us to be the first to, to test sometimes uh, within the Nestle group or as a, as a brand very active on, on social media. And you always have good learnings. Even if it's failure, you learn from, from your failures, of course, and you can turn them into success for the next test. I love that. I think it's a great test and learn, test and learn. And I think you only get better after every, every time. So yeah, really interesting. Any other points that you thought were also interesting that we could mention? Yes. I mean, recently we are actively working with our CMI team, which is the consumer insight team, to leverage even more the power of social listening. Because we, we were actively focusing on our own reporting to optimize and improve our content but also listening your competitors, listening what consumers are saying about your brand outside of your ecosystem is really key to collect insight and great ideas, uh, ideas about um, everything that you do on social. And finally, I would say that uh, the kind of formats that you leverage on social is also very important. My recommendation would be to make sure to create first eye-catchy visuals. I also call them thumb-stopper. Thumb I don't know if uh, that's the, the appropriate term, but um, yeah, you need to make sure to, to cap the attention of yours on social. That's not new, but that's one of the most important criteria. Then think also about uh, interactive content. Try to not only push a static asset with a message, but also try to collect even more from your, from your users to interact with them and also to surprise them. Try to push unexpected content for your audience. It could be new formats, but it also could be a new collaboration, completely unexpected, just to generate engagement around this and then to create awareness and get more share of voice for your brands on social media. That's a really, really, really nice one. I think it's always constantly surprising the audience and keeping them engaged and entertained and on their feet and really wanting to like follow along with what, your, what the brand's doing. So I think that's a really, really nice piece of advice too. So... Thank you for sharing all your wisdom with us. And it was a pleasure having you on the Social Innovation Lab podcast. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you, Claudia. See you next time. Thanks for listening and see you next week.